All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Can you see Did you The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Head on To the line, Hughes, scores! You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I'm one of the men in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code HockeySeason, capital H, capital S, all one word, HockeySeason. That 
will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic on all platforms. Go check them out. They've got you covered for all your trading card needs. We're partial to the hockey cards. I might uh, be at Zephyr Epic store on Thursday. Yes, they talk, have a store. Talk to my boy Max, our boy Max from uh, Zephyr Epic. Thursday's a day where I actually have some time to do some stuff. I might be uh, heading down to uh, Zephyr Epic, film some videos for the folks on uh, social media. Be a lot of fun. So go check out Zephyr Epic. Follow them on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. And when you go there, you tell them Canucks Convo sent you again. Remember to use promo code Hockey Season capital H, capital S, all one word for $5 off your order. Zephyr Epic also ships free anywhere in Canada. We got a lot of listeners in Calgary. Anywhere in Canada, on any order, over $50 from... All the way from Langley, just over here in our backyard here, Langley to Laurier, Manitoba. Nice. Langley to Laurier, Zephyr Epic ships free on any order over $50. So go check them out. Zephyr Epic, Z-E-P-H-Y-R. Epic, we are also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word. That will get you 25% off and free delivery with your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is David Quadrelli. Slurred my words a little bit there. You know what? You've really <laughs> lost it over the past. Last episode we recorded... On Friday, I don't know how many takes we had to do. Like four. You were all over the place. You used to have this down to a T, but what you're doing now is you're treading into my waters of trying to add these little things in here and there, and that's what's screwing you over. You, you no, used to have it in a nice little speech. I still got it in a speech, basically. Yeah, but you're, I don't know what, you're losing it last couple yeah, of weeks. Last, I don't know, last last week it was just was weird. I was like tired, I don't even know what was going on. But we got a big show today, Chris. We have a very big show today. Not going to waste any time talking about Valentine's Day, although... We both had a decent Valentine's days. Yeah, I had a good Valentine's Day. I had a good Super Bowl as well. You didn't do any. You didn't I, got bring that up. I got Donair. I got Donair. Donair? Yeah. I thought you went down to, uh, what's the, I forget the name, Sunny Chiba's. I thought you well, went Sunny Chiba's. That was Sunday. Right, Super that Bowl Sunday. The, oh, I thought you were talking about Valentine's Day. No, I'm talking Super Bowl. That's a bigger deal to me. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I could not care less. That's I, what I said. drove to Squamish to eat Sunny Chiba's with the lady friend. Okay, it was a lot explain of fun. Sunny Chivas for people who don't know. Squamish, it's like a fried chicken and taco joint. That's what okay, I know it as. So we got the fried chicken, and it was fine. It was good fried chicken, but yeah. the way J-Mo and you made it sound, more so J-Mo than you. Yeah, I'm not a big J-Mo fried chicken J-Mo made it fan. sound like it was life-changing. He's like, you need to get the fried chicken. So I got mm-hmm. it. It was fried chicken. It was fine. It wasn't anything crazy. Like, it, it was fine. The food, though, like, I got, I know ch- fried chicken is technically food, but the Mexican food there, like, I got tacos. I was telling you, I was having a little trouble with those tacos. They gave it to me. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? It was so packed weirdly. Like, it was two mini tortillas, and then they were just packed with all these toppings, like, about a good four inches high. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? But then I used my fork and knife, put it on the second one. It was it was delicious. See, what you normally do is you take a little bit of the toppings off the first main taco. You put that onto the, the second tortilla just a little bit. And then you let the rest drip down while you're eating it onto that second taco. Then that's how you eat the two tacos. That's how you do it. Okay. Because I was like Googling it in the booth. Mm-hmm. I was like Googling. I'm like, how do you eat? tacos like this but, the, but it was that, good. the tacos there are excellent i haven't had a bad taco from yeah, sunny chiba the tacos were very good and the chiba fries have you had yeah, those chiba fries you are would unreal. love those because oh, yeah. i've had them i get them every time yeah i'm getting them every time now too so good yeah. but yeah it was, it was fantastic worth the drive bring some cards to uh 
listener of the show, Kevin, his yep. daughter was the junior trainer for the Canucks game. Uh, and we gave her some cards. So that was my first time driving up to Squamish. Um, it was super nice. It was great. Dri- the drive is awesome. Like even the highway is great. I, I, that's why it's like, oh, it's quite the uh, drive just to go to Sunny Chivas. But it's like the nicest drive you can do. Yeah, it's like an hour and five minutes. Whatever. You stop here and there to take some pictures of the, uh, you know, the ocean and all the mountains right there. Like it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're using DoorDash. And okay. Well, Convo. yeah, whatever. <laughs> Convo DD. DoorDash. I tell you the other day, uh, I think they still got it going on. The post Super Bowl deals. Hmm. 10 bucks off from 7-Eleven is basically it's the cheapest way to get to I tell you you get Gatorades you get monsters if you drink any of these energy drinks or Gatorades like I do you use these promos like DoorDash got one it's not even our promo but use ours if you haven't used it before that's a good deal too but you got to keep an eye out on these offers they catch you especially post Super Bowl because Super Bowl is a big day for DoorDash I got uh, wings from the pint friends of ours down there at the pint solid wings a couple different ones from there they were good. Had that on the Super Bowl Sunday. Surprised how quick it came, especially on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. I was expecting to be a little bit of a wait. Ordered it at halftime. It was there in the third quarter. No, DoorDash is quick, man. DoorDash is good stuff. We got a lot to get into. Chris. Ding dong. The black skate jersey returning February 24th. If you haven't heard already, folks, February 24th, when the Canucks play the Calgary Flames, they will be wearing the black skate jersey. That was a report from Daniel Wagner of Pasatipoulos. Again, Sounding like they're going to wear the black skate on February 24th. Further to this, Canucks practice today. And basically, what how Bruce Boudreaux runs a practice is the top six forwards wear a certain color. The bottom six forwards wear another color. And the defensemen wear another color. So there's three colors at practice. Usually it's blue, white, green. That's what you see. Today... Oh, what about red? I always see top six you red. Sometimes, yeah, you see red too. Doesn't okay. matter. They, they wear a lot of different color jerseys. Okay, well, just don't be coming in here spreading false information, telling them they mostly wear black. I've seen mostly red for top six. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry, it is top six red. It's power play. Coming wears. here with the fake news. Wearing okay, whatever, blue, whatever. Um, Travis Green's not the coach anymore, quads. <laughs> Boudreaux <laughs> likes his top six red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I got the colors mixed up. Doesn't matter. Anyways, today the defensemen were wearing black, but here's the little caveat. So... It was the regular black jersey that they always wear, the regular black practice jersey. But Oliver Ekman Larson, some of the other defensemen, wearing uh, spaghetti plate pants, like the black skate logo, the spaghetti plate on the pants. Like they were wearing the black pants with it. So it wasn't just, well, let's wear black today. It was, let's break in some stuff because we've got a game coming up when we're wearing these. Yeah. And we already saw Thatcher Demko breaking in the gear. Seen all that. Seen the black gloves at the practices recently. That's what we're going to see. Listen, man, I don't got any hot takes on this. This is just, this is a simple, smart move by the Vancouver Canucks. Everybody loves the black skate jersey. Uh, you know, I hope no, you know, some people out there's going to have the hot take and say they don't like it. You wear that jersey three to 10 times a year, you're going to love it every night. You That's wear like- that jersey 40 times a year, you might not love it as much. But if you wear it up to like 10 times every year, that's that's the hot. That's the little sweet spot you got to get to. That's right like there. Cody Severson saying he didn't like the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, what was it with that? I don't know. Too many white claws at before noon for Cody, I think. <laughs> that was a good halftime show. It I wasn't, didn't watch it. It didn't like blow the socks off, but it was a nice little throwback of some older songs. You yeah, know? I heard people say it was like the best one ever. Yeah, maybe for people in like their 30s and 40s, yeah. they loved it, but wasn't quite as nostalgic for me because all that music when it was hot i was only like three four five years old our friend patrick johnson who's got two young girls yeah um he was 
He he reposted a tweet. I saw him post it in two different places. So I really resonated with him. I even messaged him. I said, whoa, that one really hit home for you. And it was a tweet that said, that Super Bowl halftime show was for all the people who had listened to uh, Encanto music, which I think is like a Disney movie that's out recently. Okay. Um, Encanto for the last uh, two months and needed a break. And that was who the halftime show was for. Yeah, no, he, I thought it was He good. really resonated with that. I so thought it was PJ good. posted that in multiple places. Okay. I won a uh, bet for my Super Bowl prop bet. You know what I had? I had uh, Will Snoop Dogg smoke weed on stage, and I said no. He I, like listen, he, and he, the video came out of him smoking right before he went on. It's Snoop Dogg, but I, I I took no on the prop bet for him smoking on stage one night. And then let me quickly do my last little prop bet here. I was like, I was down like fifty bucks on the day, right? Things weren't looking great for me. But then the game ends, and I got one bet left. What color is the Gatorade that gets thrown on the winning head yes. coach? And I picked blue at plus 600, won 70 bucks on that one right there. Boom, put me over the top because of the color of the Gatorade. That's, that's what that's awesome. the prop that I nailed at the end of the day. I didn't hit like any bets all day long. I took some long shots ones, right? You know, like real long shot ones. And then I took that blue, blue Gatorade saved me in the end. As I was watching and then like, you know, the Super Bowl's over. And then I, as soon as they play that clip of, uh, of getting like dunked with the blue Gatorade, I just go nuts. Sean McVay getting dumped with the Gatorade, I was going nuts. And everyone that was watching the Super Bowl was like, "What's going on?" I was like, "I had a prop bet for Blue Gatorade." So I was pumped. That's so funny. But Blackscape, I mean, it's it's a no brainer. Good to see. I'm excited to see them on the 24th. I hope they wear them a handful of times before the season's over. And it's going to be interesting to see the boost that they get because I feel like we we don't get bad games when the Canucks wear the Blackscape jersey. Nope, have a lot had of really yet. still. I think back like the best. One of the best games in the last three years was in the Black Skate jersey against Colorado, and it was like a 7-6 game or a 6-5 game. I can't remember, uh, but I think it was an overtime game against Colorado at home. Kale McCarr's rookie season. It was an excellent game, just back and forth action. The Canucks were in black that night. Jacob Markstrom was looking good. Uh, just, yeah, I'm excited to see the Black Skate. I just think it looks great. Sells sells like hot cakes uh, in the team store down there during the game. It's, it's a no-brainer. Can't wait to see the Black Skate jersey back. Yeah, no-brainer. February 24th. Against Calgary Flames at home. The next time we'll see. Thursday, the other right? Thing, it's a Thursday? I believe so, yeah. Okay. The other thing that I didn't include on the outline here, but that should definitely be mentioned, Canucks will be going back to 100% capacity. That's being reported right now. Again, we're recording this at 1.12 Tuesday afternoon. Uh, the official word isn't going to come down till 1.30 when Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry speaks, and you know we don't know exactly what's going to happen. And Dix, but, Dix is going to take the stand. <laughs> yes. I shouldn't laugh. Adrian Dix. Yes, I shouldn't laugh at that. That's so immature. But I thought you were. <laughs> Never mind. Um, Keep going. Richard Zussman of uh, Global News is reporting that uh, capacity restrictions will be gone, which means the Canucks can return to 100% capacity. I also see. I've seen clubs are coming. Have you ever been to a club yet, Quads? You haven't been no. to a club, right? No, I'm going. You're going to go dancing? For sure. You're yeah. going dancing? I, have, I think so. Everybody's think got so. their Vax Pass and going dancing, eh? Yeah, well, I, I don't know what's going to be lifted yet, so we'll have to wait and see. But the one that's topical to this podcast, uh, not me clubbing, it is 100% capacity that's for topical. Canucks games. What, me dancing? Yeah. And yeah. I heard uh, another thing, too, is uh, you can have as many people seated now at your table, so you can have a table for eight, table for ten. Yeah, you can, again, you not, 
not really relevant to the Canucks well, no, podcast. Saying, no, this is exciting for us because we want to do some meetups down the road. Now oh, we yeah, can have yeah. these type of things. Yep. You can mingle between tables so we don't have to worry about... That's why we couldn't do anything. And I know we had something planned with Canucks Army down at the Pint and they still went off with it, but it was you couldn't leave your table, which kind of sucked. Like That's hard to... We want to go down and we want to be able to mingle. So if you got your Vax Pass, boom. We're going to, you know, I think something will be coming up here pretty soon. Yeah, we'll with see. The, the Canucks Army folks, they want to get some community things going. And now that we can do some mingling. Some mingling. It'll yeah. be a lot of fun. Look All right. forward to some mingling. Next up here, Brock Besser. You told me this in the car on the way here. Somehow I missed this. Yeah. Brock Besser getting more calls from other teams than JT Miller. Daily yeah, Faceoff, Frank Saravalli joined the guys on Sportsnet 650 and spoke about this, which... Really came as a surprise to me to hear it, but we're going to listen to it. Yeah, interesting situation with Brock Besser, of course. We've all heard about JT Miller, but this report from Frank Saravalli, you know what? Let's just run the clip and we'll react to it on the other side. Here's the funny thing about what's going on with JT Miller. I think the Canucks internally are conflicted on what they want to do. Right. Um, I, I think that there has been a lot of interest. I think the New York Rangers have let it be known that JT Miller is their number one priority and, and would, you know, really move significantly, I think, in order to make it happen. But I, I got to tell you that in the last three to four days, I've heard more talk about Brock Besser than I have about JT Miller. So I, I think the Canucks are, are really considering all their options. And I, and I do think that, you know, whether it's this week, whether it's sometime between now and March 21st, like there is going to be some, some shuffling of the cards in Vancouver. Um, you know, I, I think that they're, like I said, I, I think I framed it correctly. They're conflicted. They don't know what to do. They mm-hmm. watch the production from JT Miller. They watched the end to end goal last week from JT Miller. And I think it just, it, it makes it, hard to decipher or determine, you know, what to do. And I think really the easiest way to leave it is just what's it going to take to re-sign him? And at the end of the day, does he really want to be here? I think those are the key, key questions to consider. So again, that was Frank Saravalli of Daily Faceoff joining the guys on Sports at 650. Chris, it kind of feels like the Canucks are at a bit of a crossroads here, right? Like we've talked about how they have this vision for the organization and how they want to become a cup contender and all that sort of stuff. An outside observer and somebody who just watches Canucks games can look at the games and tell you JT Miller is a player you want on your team if you are competitive, if you are thinking you're going to compete for a Stanley Cup. I think it's setting in for a lot of fans, sorry, set in for the organization themselves. I think the minute Jim Rutherford got here, that this team isn't ready to contend just yet. And it's not like they're one or two pieces that they can acquire at a trade deadline away. That's why they're not talk. You don't hear talk about them being buyers or going after vets. Jim Rutherford's made it clear any trade the Canucks make is going to be for a younger player or picks, right? Like that's what they're looking for. They're looking for players in that 20 to 25, 25 years old age range. That's what they're looking for right now and picks obviously. So I think the thing you need to consider, and again, I'll, this is something I'll talk about a little bit later because I have something on Jack Rathbone that I want to talk about, but the biggest thing to consider, obviously, does Miller want to resign? Because he's somebody you definitely want to have in two, three years, right? Like he is somebody that the Canucks would like to have. Comes a little more complicated once you start to see what he's going to have to sign for, and he's going to be past 30 when you sign uh, that contract. You don't really 
want to put yourself in a position where you have to re-sign him, but you also don't want to put yourself in a position where you lose him for next to nothing, right? And that's where the Canucks crossroads is. Or even nothing. Exactly. And that's where the Canucks crossroads is right now. So I'm going to ask you, if you're Jim Rutherford, what are you doing right now? Yeah, that's why I found it kind of interesting that Brock Besser's name is the one that's being talked about, like Sarah Valley reported there, more than Miller's, because I think that that conversation about does Miller want to stay in Vancouver long-term and what does the contract look like? I'm guessing that's probably being had right now from the report here from Frank Sarah Valley. I think it's going to be tough to convince a guy like JT Miller, who really, if you look at what happened with him leaving the Tampa Bay lightning and missing out on back-to-back Stanley cups, you think he probably wants to go win. I also think that a big thing for JT Miller is from everything that we've heard and whispers and stuff. And I know maybe you can speak on this too, but like, I think JT Miller wants to go to the States. I think JT Miller wants to play in the United States. I think that this COVID situation and things, how it's been so different in Canada compared to the United States. I think JT Miller wants to go to the States. I think JT Miller wants to be closer to his home in Pittsburgh, where I believe his wife and kids are right now too. Like, I think that he wants to be in the United States. I don't think he's going to re-sign with the Canucks. And if he is, it's not going to be at the hometown discount that a lot of people float out as an idea that makes sense for both the club and for him. I don't think it's going to be low money. It's going to be very expensive for him to stay in Vancouver, and I don't think it's going to happen in the end. So I think trading him at this deadline at the highest value moving forward is the best bet because two years from now, I don't think JT Miller is helping this team. But I think that two years from now, the things that you could trade JT Miller for right now are going to be really helping this team. If the Canucks paid Tanner Pearson market value, there's no way that JT Miller's taking a discount. And again, yeah. that's almost irrelevant. There's no way, even if that doesn't happen. What do you think? You, you don't think JT Miller is going to resign though? No, I don't. I I'm kind of in your camp where I think uh, similar. I, I think he'd like to be in the States. I don't blame him. I not even so much be in the States. It's, be on a winning team. And if you look around the league, that's where a lot of the winning teams are is in the States, right? So again, he's not going to go to a Toronto who's probably the closest to being a winning team. Uh, if they can get out of the first round, of course, but it looks like the States is going to be the destination, right? Like, you know, yeah, you, you mentioned Pittsburgh is like his home. That's where they go in the off season, him and his, his uh, wife and their two young kids. So, you know, I can't. I don't. You don't really fault him either, right? No, of course not. And it again, makes a lot of sense. We're not reporting anything here. We're kind of thinking out loud, just of what we kind of know about the guy and everything. I and mean, it would make sense. Like, I don't blame him. I think it's it's totally his right to choose where he goes as a UFA, right? And he's going to get paid. He deserves to get. Any paid. team is willing to pay six plus million dollars for Miller, and that's the thing. Is like six million dollars is it's very, and that's going to be like a very low amount. That's not probably what JT Miller no, signs he's for. Probably, yeah, yeah, but. Any team is willing to pay $6 million. I wonder if he even takes less to go to somewhere where he wants to play a little bit more, especially if he's locking in on his last big deal. This will be the longest term contract he signs of his career. It's going to be six, seven years, right? Like, if, especially once he hits free agency, it's going to be six or seven years. It's going to be the longer, longest contract he's ever signed. It's going to be the most money he's ever signed. It's going to probably be the last big contract JT Miller signs. He's going to choose somewhere where he actually wants to play this time. Like he now he has the decision. This is his first time of as a UFA, right? So yeah. the first time he has the option, I think he's going to go somewhere where he wants, and that's not this coming off season. It's the off season after. So I think that that's the other thing is like trading JT Miller right now to a contender. He needs to get so much value back because you know what? That team can trade JT Miller next year to another contender, 
and get a bunch of what they paid back. That's why this deal means so much and why the Canucks should be getting a massive haul. Like that's the thing that's really changed for me over the past couple, like basically a month of thinking what the value would be. They can trade him again next trade deadline if they want to recoup some of those picks. That's why it's like this should be a massive haul. You're getting him for one playoff run for sure. Then you can either trade him or keep him for another playoff run. That should be a massive haul. You should be getting a massive haul back for JT Miller. Like I know that some of the some of the reports that are coming out of New York right now are like Kraftstoff, Lundqvist, and a first. It's got it's it has to be more than that. Like it should be more than that, and that's that's a big haul to ask. That's a really high quality defenseman coming your way, as well as a, another prospect and a first round pick. It is it should be more than that. When I first heard that floated out there, I thought it was crazy to think that he was going to get more than that. But if you look at the situation, break it down the way that I've done over the last month, you're just thinking about it more and more. He is worth more than that. He's worth a first, a top prospect, and then two prospects or a pick. He is worth that much. He's worth four assets. I was giving you guys hell like three weeks ago for saying that he was worth five assets. He might be worth five assets or four very good ones. It's not wild to think that. This from Larry Brooks or Rangers ownership. Take your pick. Either or. (laughs) Take your pick. Probably both. This from Larry Brooks in the New York Post. Uh, JT Miller's trade value increases only if an acquiring team wants to. And for context, sorry. For context here. This right after the Tyler Toffoli trade, which I'm going to write soon on Canucks Army drives up the value of a JT Miller trade. Like JT Miller's trade value increased. If that's what the market's being set up because Calgary set that when they acquired Tyler Toffoli. And again, if you haven't heard, uh, they gave up a first round pick, a fifth round pick, uh, B-level prospect, Tyler Pitlick, which is kind of the package that I described uh, when I was talking about what I think the, the Canucks could get for Miller. Again, I had a little more. I had an A-level prospect in there. Um, so that's something to consider. But this is what Larry Brooks, I mean, Rangers GM uh, and ownership said. JT Miller's trade value increases only if an acquiring team wants to meet Vancouver's price. There is no law that says the Rangers are now going to throw Schneider or Ottman or Kuehl into the deal just because Calgary may have overpaid for Toffoli. If Canucks get greedy and do not move him... Miller's trade value will diminish over the offseason when acquiring team would get him for one playoff run rather than two. Me, I think if Drury has prioritized Miller, then Lundqvist and Scheidel, Scheidel? I think so. Scheidel. Compromise a pretty good return. Again, that from Rangers ownership. You know, you know I mean, Larry Brooks. Disto is going to have a time with that last little paragraph yeah, just, that you read I don't there. Know how, how many I, names did you mess I, up I had there? To go through like Disto, get names. after him. Yeah, well, Disto will help me. No, yeah, Disto's on our side, but he is going to correct you on all the pronunciation yeah. there. Yeah, I should uh, probably should have looked it up. You know, you can go on the NHL website and it like shows you the pronunciation of all the players. Yep, I could have done that. Elite prospects as well. Hmm. If you got the premium, or you could just use NHL.com for free. But wow, no love for uh, the elite prospect folk, eh? Not for JD Burke. No. No love for J.D. Burke. He's off in Boston right now, hanging out with his yeah, type of people. Yeah, didn't come to my birthday because he... <laughs> what did you just say? He's hanging out with his type of people over there. <laughs> he didn't come to my birthday because he's in Boston. Neither did Cody Sievertson. Yeah, well, Sievertson doesn't have an excuse. Actually, he does. He got his third dose. He was feeling blah. Hmm. Not too blah to go see his puppy the next day. Well, that's okay. Come on. You make an exception for that. He's not going to blow right. off the breeder or the, wherever he went Fair to get enough. his puppy. Come on. I don't okay. think I'm ever going back to that rec room, man. I felt so old there. No, you did great. I there was old. people older than you in there. 
Yeah, but they were leaving when we were going in. <laughs> That's true. At, at 9.30 when we got in there. <laughs> and they all had kids. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. I'm glad you came. You can't. That's maybe this. Maybe the COVID thing that we're changing that we talked about earlier. Maybe they'll get out because you can't play skee ball. You can't play this other throw the baseball as hard as you can into the strike zone. You can't play any of the games with the with a ball. Turns out those are all the fun games at arcades. Yeah. Well, hopefully with uh, restrictions getting lifted. That's what I said. Bring back skee ball games. Yeah. Bring back skee ball. Then I'll show. I'll go if they pull the games off again. But I tell you, I don't know. I'm going back to that place. It'll be fun. It was I was fun. sitting. Okay, I got to say this story real quick. So I was sitting there with my girlfriend at a table. We're just sitting there, two people, and there's a table of young people right across. And you know, when you're looking around the room, sometimes you, you make eye contact with someone. So I'm doing that. I'm looking around. And I make eye contact with this girl who's sitting at the end of the table. And what does she do? She just flips the bird at me. And I, and I go, what the hell? I'm looking around. I was like, wait, really? Yeah, just like some random some random girl at the table. No, no one from like your party or anything. <laughs> and I was just like, what the f- like what the hell? I, <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, and it was like just as I was finishing my meal, so we got up and walked away and I was I did like it rattled me for the whole day. It was, like, <laughs> it was just like awkwardly made eye contact awkward, and then she just throws the middle finger out at me. Some like 19, 20 year old girl. I was like, what? So what did I do? You kids nowadays, I don't understand. They got no respect so these kids mean. nowadays. Yeah, that's yeah. like horrible. That's what I said. I didn't know what to do. That is insane. Yeah. Wow. Anyways. The confidence. That's why I say I don't know if I'm going to back to the rec room. Yeah, you got bullied out of it. I did get bullied. Too. There, she flips the bird. Look at this old man over here in the corner eating a spicy chicken burger. Teenage girls are ruthless. Yeah. Wow. Anyways. Anyways, let's catch a break. Now's a good time for a break. Sure. We've only gotten to... We have so much to talk about. This is going to be a long episode. Haven't gone for an hour in a while, but it'll be a good one. It'll be a good one. So we'll talk about Pavel Zaka trade rumors on the other side, the Vegas cap workaround, Toffoli, a whole bunch of other stuff that we're going to talk about. So keep it locked. Keep it loaded on Canucks Conversation. And before we go any further into the episode, want to give a shout out to Parallel 49 Brewing. You guys can find Parallel 49 Beer all across BC and Alberta. And right now we want to give a quick shout out to the Unparalleled Pack featuring four of the P49 favorites. The Trash Panda, the Filthy Dirty, the Jerkface 9000, and the Hillbilly Ninja. My favorite of the four there, the Jerkface 9000, the Pink Can. Something good about those cans there, Parallel 49. So go out and try them. You can find them in most liquor stores across BC and Alberta. And a massive thank you to our sponsors, Parallel 49 Brewing Company, and all the other sponsors uh, here at the Canucks Conversation Podcast. Folks, if you want to advertise with us, shoot us a message on Twitter, Instagram, you name it, at Canucks Convo or uh, at either of our accounts. Hopefully, Hopefully I don't have you blocked. Go to LinkedIn. My LinkedIn game is pretty good. Mine's weak. I don't. I go on there once a month. Didn't we have to do it for a project at BCIT? Yep, that's the first time I made a LinkedIn. How was it weak then? Did you fail the assignment? <sighs> no, I was fine. I, I set it up there. It was all good there because you had to like it was like make ten connections. That's all you had to do. So that was easy. <laughs> These are rookie numbers. Yeah, come on. Jeez, well, that was super easy. There was another project we had to do where it was like gain a hundred followers. <laughs> a lot of people weren't able to. Yeah, you do that in your sleep. Yeah legitimately tweet out the words elias Patterson. there you maybe go not right now but well, usually, maybe right now he's yeah, back. maybe right now just tweet out those words works out all right we've got a lot here pavel zaka trade rumors that's the other thing also i'm going to the parallel 49th street kitchen today folks yeah you are i'm very excited for it uh people should be going there 
on Triumph Street. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. Pretty Pop- soon you'll be able to have 12 people at a table there. Oh, that's exciting. Call them for your reservations. Yep, there you go. Pavel Zaka, trade rumors. Pavel Zaka of the New Jersey Devils uh, has been linked to the Vancouver Canucks player of interest, according to Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman, uh, who were talking during the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast. Pavel Zaka, third line, center-ish. Devils fans really don't like him, I found out. They don't like him. He's basically their Jason Dickinson. You know what so, he might be is their Tanner Pearson to the Vancouver Canucks' Eric Goodbranson. The only way I see this deal going well for the Canucks is if you're trading Dickinson, you're trading Pullman, or you're trading Hamannick. That's the only way you do this deal. You don't trade picks for Zaka unless, I mean, maybe. You might include like a later pick with a Hamannick, Pullman, or Dickinson, but you got to throw one of those three going the other way. Because you know no what, Zaka's, he's not signing with them like he's an rfa no. and and he's not there's going to be a big struggle between he's those gonna two. take his qualifying offer next year yep and then he's going to probably hit free agency because he is an rfa but he also is a ufa after next season right so, so he ain't he's staying. gonna get to he's gonna get he to unrestricted free agency does he really oh yeah he doesn't like it there interesting he was i think his last contract he was uh talking about going back to russia instead hmm. or just going to the khl like okay. he was, he wasn't happy with the organization, and now they're playing him on the wing instead. He doesn't like that. Yeah, he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> like you know, Devils fans don't want him to be there. I that's why I'm curious to see. You know, Jim Rutherford's been able to pull off deals like this in the past, where two players that aren't happy get swapped. And I'm not saying Dickinson or Pullman or Hamnick's not happy, but it is still, you know, those three players have similar money on their contract. I I wonder if that's some sort of possibility. I would love to see a deal like that get done. Yeah. That's how I'd bring Zach. Otherwise, I don't think so. Yeah, it's likely not going to happen. You don't throw a pick that way just to get a player like that because I don't think Zach is... I mean, he puts up decent points, but I think there are, from a lot of people that I've talked to and watched him more closely, he's more of a passenger than anything. You don't need another passenger on the bottom six. Yeah. He can play center. He can score some goals. He was killing penalties before a couple of years ago. He in his first few years there, he was killing penalties. So I mean, that could be something that's nice too. Addition to the team, his his faceoffs have gotten better over the past two years as well. But I wouldn't pay an asset that's like an important asset for you moving forward. I think if you can have you know an unhappy for unhappy trade, I think that's the way to do it here. I think so too. Unhappy for unhappy. Pullman, man, push the Pullman on him. Give him, tell him you got, you got him locked up, you know, four years. <laughs> this is only year one of your four. You got him locked in, guys. You got to wait till Peter Shirelli gets hired in Chicago to do mm. that. Peter Shirelli, interview Or you in just, Chicago. maybe you, you give a shout to Calgary. They're really acquiring everyone. that used to, If you're a former Canuck, Flames are in. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that right now. Uh, quickly before that, Rick Dollywell of Donnie and Dolly, the team, did report today that a lot of teams have called about Nils Hoaglander. Oh, Does not get the sense that the Canucks want to move him. Of I don't course think not. they're going to want to either. You're going to have an article dropping. This podcast is going to drop Tuesday afternoon. You're going to have an article dropping Wednesday morning on Canucks Army of why the Canucks won't trade Nils Hoaglander and why they shouldn't. Well, every team is going to look at the advanced statistics from Nils Hoaglander and be like, yeah, we want this guy to be a bottom six destroyer of offense. He's going to come out there and put up big numbers in a bottom six role going up against other bottom six teams. So everybody's going to want to add Nils Hoaglander still on an ELC. You don't trade that guy right now. There's no chance you should trade Nils Hoaglander. Unless you're getting a first plus for Nils Huglander. Mm-hmm. And nobody's going to give you that for him. So it's just, there's not going to be a, there's no a correct legs. There's deal. no legs. Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. Calgary Flames. Trade for Tyler Toffoli, Chris. 
They are putting together, like I said, it was my lead line in my story about this for Canucks Army. They are one creative package deal away with the Arizona Coyotes from constructing almost two full forward lines, a defense pairing, and obviously they have the starting netminder already, from the 2019-20 Vancouver Canucks roster, from that bubble team. Obviously, they've got the uh, the Jay Beagle, they've got the Antoine Roussel, they've got the Louis Erickson, package that to the Flames, and boom, you've got yourself the 2019-20 Vancouver Canucks. Wow. Yeah, big big move. Uh, I wouldn't say it was the most ridiculous haul, but it was more than you would expect for Tyler Toffoli, I'd have to say. Yep. Especially seeing what he just went for a couple years ago. And I guess a little bit different. Obviously, he's on an expiring deal. Shows you the value, I guess, of having a player under contract for a pretty good cap hit, a la JT Miller. It was a first, a fifth, a prospect, Tyler Pitlick. And I can't yeah, remember. See the that? They got all the Pitlicks now over in uh, Montreal. They yeah, they're, they're collecting them all. Rem Pitlick, where we have about 15 rookie cards of, thanks yep. to our friends Zephyr Epic from some packs we've been opening. Yep. Yeah. Tyler's fully. Yeah, I mean, big addition to the Flames. And, you know, we heard that the Flames might be a team that was going to be in on JT Miller. They obviously go a different direction and go with Tyler Toffoli, who, uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting to watch him match up against the Vancouver Canucks. He's obviously had their number uh, over the years. He's going to be in the same division now. and We'll see him uh, playing against the Black Skate Canucks, I guess, on the 24th, like you said. Talked about a little earlier in the episode. He's already in Calgary. And, folks, this is the thing is there's already fans doing the old victory lap after they see the down year that Foley's having in Montreal this year. Again, last season, 28 goals, 16 assists in 52 games. This year, not so hot. Nine goals, 17 assists. So not the same output uh, that you would expect from him after that season. Again, he yeah, played well. Yeah, but think of Montreal. Montreal's and been exactly, horrible. Exactly, and that's my that's my point is there's already Canucks fans. There was this season saying, oh, look how badly that contract's going to age from Montreal. Like Jim, Jim was playing 5D chess by like, Letting him run out of time and not re-signing to Foley. No, that is still a massive blemish on this organization for letting Tyler Foley get away. Yeah, Everybody at the price too. Yeah. yeah, and now look at what he returned. And now, and now he's going to Calgary, and, and I got to add, he's going to Calgary. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Tyler Foley is going to reach the 20-goal mark. No problem to finish this year, and oh, he's yeah. going to be he's going he's gonna to be a contributor to the Flames. Like People are going to say, oh, okay, maybe it was just he was playing in a horrible environment in Montreal. Like, his line mates went silent. He he was playing with Cole Caulfield in the playoffs. Cole Caulfield hasn't done anything this year. Cole Caulfield was originally the favorite for the Calder Trophy. He's not even going to get votes. He's not even going to be in my top five when we do our voting for that. He's not even going to be in my top five. Pod Colson is. I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe in yours. I might be able to guarantee that one writer in the PHWA <laughs> is going to give Pod Colson a fifth place vote. <laughs> One writer probably will. I'd have a good feeling one one writer oh, for boy. sure. Yeah, just like how Tyler Myers is going to get a heart trophy vote. Yeah, that's going to be that's gonna <laughs> be a little obvious. Demko, Demko 5, Myers 4, Pedersen 3. Toffoli 2. Toffoli 2. <laughs> Who's my number one? Well, you could just go McDavid. Spencer Martin, Mike DiPietro. Yeah. Okay. Back on the rails here. Um, yes, traded for Tyler Toffoli right now. Flames are sitting in second place in the Pacific Division. They do have games in hand. I think this also first first place Vegas Golden Knights. This could put pressure on another team that thinks that they want to compete in the Pacific. If it's the Kings, I like that for the Canucks because the Kings have a massive prospect pool. If they want to make a push for JT Miller, they have been linked to Miller 
in the past. And I think it makes a lot of sense from if they want to push. That's the only thing is like if they want to push this year, they have a strange they have a strange salary cap situation because of Dowdy and Kopitar making so much money. But there's still years on their contract. It's going to be interesting to see what the Kings want to do, where it's like there's not really a right year to push in the next three years because they still have Dowdy and Kopitar locked up making plus over 10 million each. Dowdy making 11 million. So why not push this year if this is a team that you kind of believe in and and seem to like? Because there is a lot of young players getting better and JT Miller makes a lot of sense because you get him for next year too. So I like JT Miller for the Kings. I like there's a lot of possibilities coming back. I've already said the names Kapari and Faber and some first round picks. They have an extra second. Like they, there's a lot that the LA Kings can do. And I think that's the team, if anything, is going to be able to challenge the Rangers for a pick. Because it's it's curious to me that these a lot of the things that we hear out of the Rangers is they don't want Schneider coming back. You know, they don't want to give Schneider as the guy coming back this way. They have a lot of young, talented, smaller defensemen. They like having Schneider in their organization, but that's kind of why the Canucks want him too, is because exactly. he's a bigger guy. Listen, man, <laughs> not just because he has the same last name as me, Brock Favor is going to be that big right shot defenseman who can play with a top pairing guy down the road. He's got the potential to be a top four, specifically if you're talking about a guy who like gets to play with a number one left shot guy like Quinn Hughes. Brock Faber has all the qualities that you want. He can move the puck well. He knows that he doesn't have to be the main guy. Playing at the Olympics right now for Team USA. Cousin Brock. And he's not even like he's not even like the so much to give up. Like he's probably less valuable than Schneider because maybe he doesn't have the ceiling of Schneider, but I just doesn't have the same draft pedigree. Exactly. And you know what? Like Cam Robinson's huge on, on Brock Faber. We got to get Cam on the show here. I think talk some prospects here preceding. Cause I want to get Cam's thoughts on favor. Cause I've seen him play in the NCAA and, and I like everything that he's doing as like a freshman or a sophomore, I think in the, in the NCAA. So um, yeah, that's all I gotta say. I think just keep an eye on the Kings. They have such a big prospect pool. And now that the flames have made a move, I think that there's now pressure on the Kings more than anybody in the Pacific specifically, because we'll, we'll touch on the, you know, the Vegas golden Knights right now. They yeah. don't need to go out and make a trade. Cause they just, <laughs> instead of making trades, they're just going to play the, uh, the old Kucherov Tampa Bay LTIR. lightning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Mark stone, Vegas golden Knights captain has been added to long-term injury reserve. If you don't know folks, basically that's a bit of a loophole. When you put a player on LTIR, you gain their entire cap hit in cap room that you now have. So, Conveniently, he went on LTIR the same day that Jack Eichel got activated. Again, Alec Martinez as well added to IR to free up further cap room to allow the Golden Knights to put Jack Eichel's $10 million contract in the lineup. So Jack Eichel will make his return. Going to be exciting as a hockey observer to see Jack Eichel play a hockey game again because, man, what this kid went through in Buffalo, you really feel for him. Was allowed to get his surgery, his... uh, Neck surgery when he was in Vegas, which is great. Now you get to see him. Uh, Playing tomorrow, right? Playing Wednesday? Playing Wednesday. That's uh, when he's making his return, so that'll be interesting. But the reason this is being talked about on a Canucks podcast, folks, is because the NHL is fine with teams doing stuff like this. You saw uh, Tampa Bay do it with Nikita Kucherov, and we're not trying to say these players aren't actually hurt. That's not what we're trying to do. We are trying to say that usually they wouldn't be placed on LTIR. In these situations, a lot of time they would be on IR. Maybe they do go to LTIR, but again, we're just assuming here. If Mark Stone comes back just in time for the playoffs 
and they just figure out in time because, again, this rule doesn't apply in playoffs. Like, there's no salary cap in the playoffs. So if you have a player on LTIR and he gets healthy in time for the playoffs, he can come out and he can go right into your lineup. So the Vegas Golden Knights are going to be well over the cap ceiling, right? They're going to do this in the playoffs. It, it's looking like that's exactly what's going to happen is Mark Stone's going to come back, be a contributor for them in the playoffs. And if you don't think that's fair, you're probably right. And I think what fans should be more upset about is it's not a problem with, oh, Vegas is doing this. Oh, this is horrible. You should be more mad that your team, one, isn't doing this. But for Canucks fans, you should be mad that the NHL allows this to happen, but brings the hammer down on the Luongo contract. Like, a perfectly legal contract when it was signed that made other GMs look bad, they're punishing that because it made other GMs look bad. Not because it was an unfair contract or anything like that. Perfectly legal contract at the time, and they get a $3 million cap penalty for three seasons. And I think that's the problem is, like, that contract made the league look bad. It made other GMs look bad, but... This LTIR stuff, like it, who does it make look bad? It's it, you're talking about a guy who is, and I'm doing quotation fingers here, injured. Like you, that doesn't make anyone look bad. It's just it's questionable about the whole LTIR situation. The Kucherov thing obviously was, you know, front and center for everyone to see last year, and I think it's going to be a similar thing here where we're going to go into the playoffs and. People will be talking about it, and we heard players talk about it last year. Going up against a team that has a $95 million cap, it's a lot different than a team with an $81 million cap. Again, we're not complaining that Vegas did this. Like We're not we're not saying, oh, Vegas, oh, how, how dare they not have integrity or whatever. If you can win because like, your yeah, totally. roster is constructed strong enough to win without your top player, your captain, or in the case of the Tampa Bay Lightning, without Kucherov, if you've built a team that's that good... Absolutely, you should be taking advantage of this. Absolutely. Do everything that you can in your power that you're allowed to do to win. That's, you know, that's what I think about winning. Like, if you're not cheating and you're still being able to, you know, bend some rules and do certain things to fit players in and have the best possible roster for the Stanley Cup playoffs and the run that you're going to have to go on, good for you. You found a way to do it. That's what the Vancouver Canucks did in 2011. They were able to, you know, get good contracts, get guys to agree to take less, and everything that worked out in 2011 was because of some players doing some things that were for the team. And I guess the management group doing certain things to get them to believe bend rules and, and believe. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, all the power to uh, the Vegas golden Knights here, but this is the problem I think with the league at this, this point, is this is more a league problem. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it'll be like, this has to change. It's going to be every year and every year it's going to be, you know, started with one team doing it. Now there's maybe two teams doing it every year, three teams. By the time we're going to get to like, you know, 10, 15 teams doing this every year, it's going to hurt the integrity of the game. So we'll see what happens moving forward uh, with with it because it's, it is something that's probably going to have to be addressed in the coming years here. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right, Jack Rathbone, you've convinced me. I've been convinced Jack Rathbone should stay in the AHL. I think I'm going to write an article about this soon, but what I will say right now is that the reason that I'm now convinced that Jack Rathbone should be in the AHL is because I'm starting to look at this season as a retool year. As a, how can the Canucks set themselves up best for that two-year timeline? And again, Rutherford was much more reluctant than Jim Benning was to give any sort of window of a com- competitiveness. But Rutherford did say he hopes two years. He didn't say, oh, I think we're going to be really good in two years. He said, I hope we're contending in a couple of years. So... 
with that timeline in mind, the way I look at it is Jack Rathbone's got the offensive gifts. He's got all that. He does need to work on the defensive side of his game. So I'm looking at it now, and from what I'm hearing from what's going on in Abbotsford and how he is progressing well, how he's playing like upwards of 24 minutes a night, and he's playing all these massive games, and he's playing in every situation. He's getting reps playing against top competition. I know it's in the AHL, but he's still getting reps playing lots of games, lots of playing time, having to defend and learning how to play that defensive style of game. Him learning that in the AHL is more valuable to the Canucks long-term than him coming up and playing in the NHL right now. Before, when I had the take of, he needs to be in the NHL right now, it was largely fueled by the fact that I was like, well, he can't be worse than Juleson, he can't be worse than Brad Hunt, this is who I want to see in the lineup, and this will help the Canucks. But Which, like, factually, from, from, from my eyes watching him, he is. He's better yeah. than Brad Hunt, he's yeah. better than Juleson, he's probably better than Kyle Burrows. Yeah, and... That's where that take comes from, is, oh, he he would help the NHL team. But the reason that I've now shifted my focus to he should stay in the AHL and continue to develop is because there's really no rush. The Canucks aren't going to make the playoffs this year. I mean, you hope they go on some run. There's about 33 games left, and I think they need to get 22 points to reach, 22 wins, rather, excuse me, to reach 94 points, and that gives them a chance at making the playoffs. They don't make it for sure if they hit 94, but... That's where they'd like to be at, right? And, you know, you have to go on a pretty healthy run here in order to accomplish that goal. So, again, Jack Rathbone might help you reach that goal, but I think the bigger goal is the Stanley Cup. It's the Stanley Cup for this management regime. And the way you reach that in a couple years is by adding a guy like Jack Rathbone, who is now going to be an even better version of himself than we saw last year, than we're even seeing right now, continuing to progress and develop and really it's an opportunity to finally get a developmental win from the guys down in Abbotsford, from the AHL team. You're seeing that AHL team now go on a roll, too. I mean, last four games on this homestand, five goals, eight goals, five goals, eight goals, scoring a ton of points. You can, you know, from, from talking to the players, they're super happy with the veteran guys. The guys that are, you know, NHL tweeners are all playing just outstanding. Like the De Giuseppe's, the Rempel's, the Dries. Like Dries is back at the top of the AHL for goals again. Jack Rathbone is AHL player of the week. There's a lot of really good play coming out of the Oxford Canucks right now. And and you mentioned like if keep Jack Rathbone there to develop. If there's like an injury to a left shot guy, then it's Jack Rathbone time. But otherwise, like it is nice to see Jack Rathbone potentially get a Calder Cup run where there is a lot of confidence in this group. They have the goaltending. They have a strong defense core. Now, like we talked about this AHL team having a really good squad and things just weren't clicking. Things weren't working for the AHL team early on. They're starting to find their pace now a little bit with especially being led by, like I said, the tweeners, right? Like Madison Bowie's playing really good hockey for them. Jack Rathbone's playing good hockey on the back end. Uh, The forward group, I just mentioned the names. They're all playing good hockey this is a very strong AHL team. And I think they're going to start running, running real hot. Now, as soon as they get some matchups against some of the top league teams, they're pulling away from. So in the, in the AHL Pacific division, the top six teams make the playoffs from the Pacific. The Abbotsford Canucks are in sixth place right now, but they're like 12 points up on seventh, like seventh, eighth and ninth. They're not making the playoffs. It's almost locked kind of like the Eastern conferences right now in the NHL that the Canucks are going to make a playoff run and they're going to have to match up against the three seed if they stay in the sixth seed and then they have to play the top seed in the second round. That's going to be really interesting if they can do that because I think they'll win that first round playoffs. Then they're going to have to match up against Stockton or Ontario who are both very strong teams like 
the Flames uh, HL team, Stockton Heat, they're a very good team. They have some really good prospects, but also some good tweeners. Then Ontario is just jacked full of, of incredible prospects. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be interesting to watch. And I think with Rathbone, like if this team can go on a decent run in the Calder Cup, it would be huge for Rathbone. But for me, the big thing is his confidence. This NHL season that he had to where he played, what was it, 12 games, something like that, eight games, I can't even remember. Just like everything wasn't going the right way for Jack Rathbone. He had the lowest on-ice shooting percentage. Pucks just weren't going in offensively when he was on the ice. He had, what is it, the disallowed goal that he had. Like everything looked really good for him in preseason and training camp. Then as soon as the regular season started, nothing was going his way. He, he didn't need to just go down to work on his defense. He needed to go down and boost his confidence. And when you get AHL player of the week, you have a five point night. These type of things do massive jumps for your confidence. And I think right now, you you know, you could ask him in media, you could ask him behind the scenes off the record. And Jack Rasmussen's going to tell you, he hasn't been as confident as a pro as he is right now. And the big thing too, that we keep hearing, I hear this from Trent Cole a lot is that Jack just needs to play games. Think about what happened when Jack Rathbone became a pro. A freaking pandemic hit the world and ruined like everything happening with hockey. Jack Rathlin wasn't able to play in that first year where he signed. Just not consistent games. And then the NHL, he's bounced around. He's on taxi squad last year. This year, he, he was healthy scratched a few games. Like He's just got to play some damn hockey, man. He has not played a lot of pro hockey since he came out of Harvard. And I think that's a massive thing for him right now. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's kind of why... I have that take as well. It's just get him games, get his confidence up, and hopefully you have a better player uh, in the end. All right. And I think his defense is starting to look better too. Yeah, you've mentioned that a couple of times. What is it exactly that you're seeing? Because, again, when the we talked to man. him, yeah, he said like in-zone defending was what he needed to work on most because he can defend the rush, no problem. But what are you seeing? Can I just say this quickly, though? Over the past two years, he's got 43 games played over the past two years. Like two That's full low. seasons. That's HL and NHL combined. That's low. So he's got to be able to get some more like actual games in right now. And right, and right now he's getting that right. Like that's this is a huge step in the right direction for Jack Rathbone. I think having him continue to play in the HL might be the best move for now. Might not be the best move for like getting wins right now. And I don't think they're looking for that. Like as a hundred percent, they do want to develop him right now at this point. I think having him in the A is the right way for Jack Rathbone over the next little bit here. All right, prospect report. You've got something for us. You've got something for us on Lucas Forsell. Oh, you know, I like the Lucas Forsell pick yes. when he was selected last year in the seventh round, 17 years old at the time, 10 days away from being a draft pick in this coming summer's draft. 10 days away, he would have been in this draft. The way that he's playing right now, he's playing like he would have been a top 50 pick in this coming draft year. He scored seven points in two games this past weekend in the junior uh, Swedish league, the J20 league. He scored seven points at a hat trick one game, and then he had three assists the other game. So he had seven points uh, in the hat trick game. He added an assist, so four points in that one. And played very well in the weekend, got the call up to the SHL. And then today, Tuesday morning, comes down. And I tell you, this is the first time I've seen him look like like a pro, like look like a pro with the move that he made to gain the offensive zone, beat a defenseman with his speed and then sharp angle puts it over the goaltender's shoulder for his second SHL goal as an 18 year old. If he was doing this in, a, in his draft year, like I said, he, he would be flying up the charts right now, but as a prospect, he's similar doing similar things. Cause it's still pretty impressive for a guy who's 18 years old 
and just signed a two-year deal as well. So he's going to be in the SHL and getting more minutes over the next two years. It's it's a good spot for Lucas Forcell. Happy for him. Uh, and then the only other thing I'll bring up is Aiden McDonough in the bean pot right now, the 69th bean pot. Nice. It's it's a good tournament for him. He's had really good showings out of bean pot, but this year not so go, not so good. Um, Aiden McDonough hmm. has not been scoring in the in the early stages of the bean pot. We'll see maybe when the big moments. Uh, Start to heat up. Maybe he'll get there. But Northeastern hasn't had a, a great showing at the Beanpot this year. J.D. No, Burke's there. No Devin Levi. That's the thing. They're missing Levi. Biggest part of their team. And you know what? They're still playing like... I think Northeastern just plays good defense. Because whoever their backup goalie was the other day, they lost one nothing in a game I saw the other day. So, yeah, it's tough. Like, McDonough needs to score for that team. It feels like he score, if he scores, they win. If he doesn't score, they don't win. Interesting. Anything else to add before we close out? Um, as for prospect stuff, not really. There's some certain things I'll get to on Friday with uh Harmon. Some more things with uh Klimovich as well. Nice. Just the way that they're they're playing Klimovich is interesting. And I wonder when we start to see somebody at somebody tweeted in a mailbag question and was like, Hey, can we get a look at Klimovich on the second or third line this year? And I was assuming they're talking to the NHL. I was like, bro, you need to see Klimovich play on the second or third line of the AHL first. Mm-hmm. And that's something I can, I'll, I'll talk I'd like to talk about that on Friday. Okay. Like what it would be like to see Klimovich play with Di Giuseppe and Sheldon Dries instead of playing with, you know, Brandon Gway and and Yushiro Hirano. Like those are his line mates, the type of guys that he's playing with, Vinny Arsenault types. Like mm. it would be curious to see what Klimovich looks like with the top end talent, but right now he's like a fourth liner. So still doing some cool stuff on the A though. Like for 18, 19 years old, he's still impressive. It's just I'd like to see him get a little bit uh, better line mates would be interesting to see. And he's got a couple years. Like it'll be nice to see what he does in the next couple years in the A. Absolutely. All right, we'll close it out there for my co-host Chris Faber. My name is Dave Rodrelli. We're going to be back on Saturday. We're going to have an episode. We're going to talk to Harmon. It'll be a fun one because Canucks are back in action on Thursday. So for my co-host Chris Faber, my name is Dave Rodrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation, delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.